Welcome to Seeds of Awakening. My name is Forrest Dwyer. My name is Kimberly Jacobson, and thank you so much for listening. This week we sit down with Jovina Chan, who I've decided to call a movement specialist. She is a master teacher in yoga, dance, and she just has a lifetime of movement practice, and I'm pretty sure she's a black belt in some kind of martial arts. In some form of martial <laughs> arts. some she form. Does ha- she does have a black belt. Incredible. So she has she has a fascinating life and a fascinating story. She currently lives in Northern California. Big and Sur. Yeah, Big Sur. And so she often teaches some programs and workshops and immersions at Esalen, mm-hmm. which is incredible and outrageously beautiful. So you can find her there. But... She is originally from Singapore, mm-hmm. and we begin this episode with a little anecdote of one of our first experiences coming to the U.S., and it's it's just great, so you're <laughs> going to love it. It but really is. We'll jump right into that. One of my favorite things about Jovina, too, is that um, she teaches and lives the philosophy of yoga and the principles of yoga, so we dive into how those can be um, taken into your home practice, but also how they can be taken into things like uh, we dive into how they can be taken into, into grief and um, joy in life and having spirituality and also being a human being and, and what those dynamics mean and how suffering can be involved. So the conversation kind of takes a really fun term in <laughs> turn in terms of understand like some life life philosophies that yoga weaves itself into and, and taking your practice home and then also taking it off of the mat and uh, and out of movement so she's a movement specialist and i think has taken that um and kind of like exploded it into her entire life as well absolutely and now she's at a point where you know she's she's leading yoga teacher trainings Mm -hmm. and she she spent a lot of years at kripalu Mm -hmm. and has kind of kind of climbed the ladder in some ways there and so now is leading into yoga teacher training of her own which Forest assists with? I staff manage. You staff it's manage. I'm sorry. Title. Did I just demote you? Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we both, uh, we, we teach a, a yoga teacher training in Newburyport, Mass. Um, and she, she's a brilliant teacher. So if you're looking into yoga teacher trainings and you're on the East Coast, it is um, quite a journey and, and really an awesome, awesome training to be a part of. So uh, we're starting it in February 2020. And um, at the studio Roots to Winks. And so if you're not looking to do a teacher training and you're just looking to to take a class with Jovina and you're on the East Coast, she's not just at Esalen. She comes to Kripalu every once in a while. Um, so check them out as well or, or her site, uh, jovina.com, and you can get it. But we're going to dive into a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, we talk about a lot of things. It's a really awesome episode. I know I say that a lot, but I really love this episode. And... We wrap it up by revealing Jovina's superpower. So get ready for that. And that's it. So we hope you enjoy it. Our thanks to our our musical friend. Malachi. For his song. The Woods. The Woods. woods. And it goes a little something like this. Also now and also lives in the Big California. Sur. Yeah. Yes, Big Sur, California. And visiting us in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. We, <laughs> I, I want to I ask you a question right off the bat about Singapore. Oh, shit. Can you tell the story of when you first moved to L.A.? Oh, no. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so... We have time to talk about it. We have plenty. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> All right. So I was I was um, 23, and I decided to go back to college to to finish to get a degree. 
So I was planning to go to um, Australia, mm-hmm. and to, uh, to Melbourne, Australia. I got into University of Melbourne. And at that time, I was, I was dating someone in Singapore, and he said, you should go to United States because they have, he thinks that he, you know, United States have better business program. So I wanted to be in a business school. So I said, okay. So I went, I paid money to this um, um, what, international school educator like who is from United States. So he's helping me to fill in the application form and mm-hmm. help me to find a school. But I have, I, but I miss all the application deadline. So he said, I'll find you a school. You just go. And then when you get to United States, you, you, you transfer to the school that you want. It's better that way, it's easier. So I said, okay, you just get me into any school and I'll go. And so he found this school called Centenary College. It's like a small co- liberal, liberal arts college in, in Shreveport, LA. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And um, so I grew up in, in, in the village. I don't know much about United States, but I saw a lot of Hollywood movies from Los Angeles. So I thought, great, wonderful, I'm going. So I have my two luggage. I was like, I bought the plane. I arrived in Shreveport, and, and then this guy who looks like Paul McCarty, and he came to pick me up. I'm like, great. And he had this like, m- like old Mercedes. And I said, great. And we were driving, and, and it was like a long drive, and I was, it was very, very dark. I'm like, Where's the high rise building? It's like the billboards that I see in the movies. And I'm like, wow, like it's really dark. I was getting a little nervous. And that I hope he's not going to kill me or rape me or something like that. And then finally we got into the campus. And it was like a small campus, I stayed. And so for, for the first week, I have no idea what they were talking because the southern accent was so strong. And I was just kind of like, trying to get over jet lag and try to settle in. And at that time, there were some um, uh, students from Singapore. There were two students from Singapore. I was like, God, thank God. <laughs> and so a week later, I found out from them that I am not in Los Angeles because I thought Shreveport LA, the abbreviation LA, like <laughs> it means Los Angeles. I thought I'm going to a town, Shreveport in Los Angeles. And they said no. So they opened the map. They said you oh are in God. Louisiana. LA <laughs> means Louisiana. Oh Louisiana. And Los Angeles is over there. So so it took me a few weeks to <laughs> oh to like gosh. settle in. And then I was in Louisiana. So how long did you stay in Louisiana? You know, surprisingly I stayed for a year. Huh. So I thought I was gonna go to Los Angeles, but then I I, I fell in love with the um um, the school is a small liberal, liberal arts college and it was just, uh, it was a trip. It was like an, an amazing, I don't know what to say, like it was, it was quite a trip. Oh so I stayed gosh. and then, and then I, I left, I went to Georgia, <laughs> I went to the University of Georgia, I just stayed in the South. <laughs> Uh, from a very small college, like 800 people, to like, I don't know, like 20,000 or 40, I don't remember like how many thousand people in UGA. So, so. that was my story about being <laughs> ignorant. Whoa. I'm sorry to spring that on you, but I, I, just, love, I that. love that story. That's a great story. That's a great way to start. <laughs> yeah. What I actually do want to talk to you about is um, more around the essence of personal practice. Mm. And so I think I know many teachers and um, you are one of the teachers that I find has a deep personal practice Mm. and also continues to learn from other teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to start, I wanted to understand like what does personal practice mean to you and and how do you go about doing it on a day to day? Mm. That's a great question. And I, I, I think the I think my own definition of a personal practice has changed over years and just as I mature, it changes as well. When I, I always love, I always love movements. So mm-hmm. f- a- asana or physical based movement kind of practice is, has always been something that I do every day from, um, from dance, from martial arts mm-hmm. to yoga. So those are, 
those things come to me easily and I find myself always doing something during the day so it's not I don't need to like specifically say like I'm just going to do this like in the morning like from seven to eight um then there was a big period of time where my personal practice was just about observing myself in through the lenses of the yamas and niyamas mm. so i have an opportunity to be at kripalu for eight years and i was blessed to to be able to live there and that i think that time kind of showed me like personal practice can be not just a physical thing mm. you know it can be a challenge of my my um awareness practices mm. and also can be a practice of more like a meditative state yeah. like to be to up my witness consciousness mm. so what would that look like you know like an example of what that that particular practice was like in that time so that i was given i think it was tied to also my my work like i was uh, the, the first few years when i was at kripalu i was uh, as an intern so i was i was trained to be a teacher trainer so during the three years when I was being trained, I did a lot of staff managing mm -hmm. of the yoga teacher trainings and really immersed into living um, a yogic lifestyle through working. So working in a, using yogic principles to work. Mm -hmm. So I was actively aware that the relationships that I'm building with my, in my fellow interns or mm -hmm. with the assistants that I'm managing or leading or uh, during the teacher trainings and with the teacher trainers that I have to have conversations and also I'm teaching a lot as well so I use relationships as a as my studio in that mm. way like a platform for me to practice self-observation with compassion mm -hmm. through where my um, being practice that I can practice nonviolence in my communication where I can practice truthful truthfulness where I can practice non-grasping where I can practice non-stealing or practice energy management when I'm in relationship doing so many different words or practicing um, uh, cleanliness saucha when I track practicing contentment where I can feel content in certain work that I can say like this is good enough mm -hmm. or practicing discipline like showing up even that showing up on time is a practice of yeah. like just or, or showing up every day to do the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again and then practicing uh, self-observation like I'm observing myself in my actions and practicing um, then practicing letting go of control <laughs> right <laughs> the, the last one which is like ishvara prandana like to to let go of control because uh, my work i need to have a certain control in terms of like making things happen mm. because i'm producing teacher trainings or knowing that every all of us are in a certain contract to be building something all that so there's so it's so it has been really wonderful so yeah. that's that was like my personal practice where i can it just it just it doesn't just show up in my personal life but it, it we i weave my personal practice into my work as well so it's, it became very rich in that way yeah you so you use the yamas and niyamas to be a foundation for your relationships and for your work yeah yeah but the <clears throat> you've kind of woven them into all aspects of your life too so I, my question is more like what are what have you found most challenging in terms of using the yamas and yamas in personal practice within your life in terms of like relationship or work like where have you mm, per, like something challenging i think i think in the beginning i wanted to be i want to score a's <laughs> in all 10 of them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then i'm like okay i, I shouldn't be grasping a's <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm like, oh shit, I should be content if it's not A's. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, I have to surrender if it's not A's. So I think it's funny you asked me that question because I think the challenge, I think the challenge never leaves. Mm -hmm. There's always this challenge of like 
I think that I think I mean it's just coming to me like I think it's like is this good enough? I think the challenge is like I think this whole thing about well coming back to your original question about my personal practice. I think in the past I have a like I have this standard of like what is a personal practice. It has to meet these things to classify mm-hmm. like consider as a personal practice. Somehow like it has to be this kind of time, this kind of day, like during mm-hmm. this time of the morning, because I read like, you know, 4.30 in the morning is the best time, or it has to look like this, or it has to like, oh, I come out of my practice like feeling this. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the, the challenge is really about being content and being able to say like, I think this is, I think this is good enough. Mm. Um, yeah, I think for now, I think that will be, that's a good way to say. Yeah. What, so you say it's, there's always a little bit of a challenge. So what do you feel like lately the challenge is, if any, at all? Yeah. I think lately, this ties to where I am personally. Mm. Um, I, so I, m- I, I'm in a place in my life where I am slowing down mm-hmm. and reevaluating where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, ha- I was in a momentum, like in a flow in the past years where I, I, I was given so many great opportunities. I was in the right place, doing the right thing with the right people. And it, it looks like I'm moving, like there were so many promises I'm moving that way in my work as a yoga teacher or a trainer or, 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 or conscious dance facilitator like it feels like I'm going that way they have such great promises in terms of finance and career and name or fame mm-hmm. and during that time interestingly I, I was really at that like that threshold of like I'm taking this big leap you know I'm gonna, but at that threshold my mother died and mm. A year later, my father died, and then work changes, and, and it was a very interesting time looking back. It was like 20, 2013, 2015, 20, like from 2013, 2014, 15, and 16. Those were like really crucial time, and it kind of stopped me on my track, and and all the personal practices that mm-hmm. I thought have served me very well <laughs> <laughs> until <laughs> it's <Rumbling>. just exactly <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> I like I cannot believe it like it was like it was it was really it was interesting it was really like I think I think I, I think I was th- thriving so much in my personal practice that it, it just it just what is that word like blinded me to like blindside yeah mm-hmm. like I think that was it just took me to a place where I thought everything was great <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like yeah, I got it. And I then humanity it. comes back. Exactly. Like, oh. It was like bang, 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 bang. bang. It's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I can't hold it. I can't hold them any longer. So, so, and then it took a while to recover from that. Yeah. So, 2017, I took a year off from teaching because I've got, I felt like emotionally, I felt like I was like really in the place where. I can smell it like how I was before I went to Kropalu when I was living in, in New York City I, I I got to a place where I got really despair and just dis- and depressed and burned out so in 20 before 2017 I'm like I can smell it it's like it feels a little bit like that so if I huh. continue I probably will get really burnt out so I stopped for a year and really reevaluate like really is this where i want to go do i want to teach yoga for the rest of my life is this is this really what i want and um and also i just feel like it's funny when parents pass away there's a sense of like i'm no i'm not anyone's daughter anymore you know Mm -hmm. in terms of like blood like yeah like just parents and and felt like a like a root just got cut like being plucked away or, or being destroyed like there's nothing connected that way physically in that in yeah. that way and i i'm i don't have children i i you know at this t- 
time of my life, that's not the path anymore. And yeah. I'm not married, and so that's not the path anymore, at least for now. And it's like really like, what do I want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what what would I like to grow or or? So I I have many many thoughts about like, okay, so what would I do if I'm not a yoga teacher? And then so it took a year, and then <laughs> during my so I took a year of sab- sabbatical. So this is the thing I want to give a little advice yeah. about sabbatical. <laughs> Great, <laughs> it's wonderful to take take time off, and it's wonderful to set intentions what you want to do during your time off because it's so it takes a a lot to say like I'm gonna take a year off mm-hmm. because I deliberately stopped my momentum of my work. Yeah. So the risk of like when I come back, maybe the students are gone. I'm like starting all over again. I run out of money and all that, right? So. So it took a lot to like say yes. I'm doing it now, mm-hmm. and um, so I set three intentions. Only three. I'm like let's just be simple. Three intentions. One during my year off, I'm not going to be on social media. So that was also like God. That's like a risk because at that time I was building my social media presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said okay, I'm going to do that. Second is I want to live spontaneously, because I was living like my calendar was like filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every I'm like I'm living a year ahead of my time, like because people book me a year from now, right? Wild. So I'm like, okay, so n- nothing on my calendar. It has to be spontaneous. Third is I want to experience things I've never experienced before. <laughs> I don't want to do anything that has anything to do with <laughs> yoga. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so I'm 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 waiting for what happens <laughs> next. Oh god! So I took my um sabbatical. I started my sabbatical in May 2017. Um, in June I went to South Africa with my family. I'd never been there before. It was beautiful. We did a safari trip. It was amazing. I, I had such a great time. I came back in to um in July. I came back end of June, and two weeks later, I have an accident. Mm. I um, had a motorcycle accident. I mm. fell. You experienced something new. I experienced <laughs> something very new. Never had that before. It was amazing, and I had a. F- I just fell, and I I I scraped my knee on uh, on a gravel road, and I mean I won't go into detail, but nobody got hurt in terms of like nobody died, or it was yeah. it was. It was my motorcycle was really bad, badly damaged, and five days later I have an infection, and so I had to go to the hospital, and then I had to have it cut open and cleaned, and and then it, and then I was on crutches for months because it was on my knee, and then it took a long time to recover from that. So then, so th- basically from May to like September, I was nursing my wound. Like so, yeah, great. <laughs> you never experienced that before. <laughs> then okay. I have to go to Nepal. I already booked my ticket to go to Nepal for tracking. So I was tracking to the Himalayas oh with gosh. a wound on my like knee. hiking. The Him- yeah, yeah. And and then I was, I was and like, you were so able to hike the whole thing. And I was uh, very slowly, and that was such a less. I mean, that was like that will be a podcast of its own. <laughs> my trip to <laughs> Nepal, but it was. The thing the, the the thing was I was gonna say is that it's so funny like what we wish for, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I never experienced those things before, and I have to be very spontaneous with everything. Yeah. Well, so a lifelong mover. I know, and, and it's and like okay, here experience not moving exactly and nursing like can me. do yoga, can dance, and um, <sighs> but it was it it really slowed me down. Well, <laughs> God, I guess I wish for that. And, and then you trek to the Himalayas. So yeah, slow yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, slow down a little <laughs> bit, but not so. But it was, it was, um, it, it was a, it was a great lesson that one year, and and basically it changed my whole rhythm. Mm. So that was the one was that was what I was afraid of, and it happened. Right, I mm. wanted to have a different afraid rhythm. Of changing. Yeah, like I want to slow down, right? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but you want to come back. <laughs> I do. I want to come back faster. But but no, I, I I have to say, like after that, I'm in a very different rhythm now. Like are I you, felt. Slower. Are you conscious of that usually? What rhythm you're in? 
yeah pretty much conscious like i i felt like i know i'm moving fast i know i am and also just because of what i was doing and who i was with mm-hmm. there's that rhythm that i really enjoy mm-hmm. and so to deliberately say no i'm going to stop that was was pretty frightening and then i came back like it was a different rhythm so the challenge is right now is like yeah like what i i am back teach so at the end of the sabbatical it's like my decision is yeah i I really love to teach i feel like that's my dharma Mm. so i'm I'm back teaching but at a very different rhythm i i can't i find myself like i can't i i don't know like just change something has changed so then the challenge is like things are different so i have to be able to say it's okay yeah like letting go of what it used to be and I think the challenge is, is really this, like to, to know that nothing stays the same. Mm-hmm. And even, and the challenge is like to accept that and to, to be that, to be the change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some things you feel like, is there anything that's noticeable that is, that's different that you can see and you're like, oh, I can see that I'm doing this differently or I approach this differently. Definitely. So I first the like my mind is slower. Hmm. Like the <laughs> 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 wait a minute, that sounds really bad. Is that how you want to <laughs> <laughs> Do I really want to portray that <laughs> as a person she's getting slow? Um <laughs> it's definitely you know, internally, it's also changing. I, as a woman, I'm also going through menopausal, mm-hmm. you know, at this age. And it's the surprise, too. Like, I think this is, and again, this can be a, a podcast of its own. <laughs> it's like rhythm, that the inner rhythm that women do change. Like, yeah. we, you know, we go through so many rhythm, inner rhythm as a woman from menstruation to premenopausal to menopausal. Like, yep. so I'm go- entering this phase, this new phase that, that has a, a different schedule mm-hmm. that my mind has a different schedule or my heart has a different schedule so biologically like this timing this rhythm is very different so i'm i need to not fight it like my mind wants to fight it because you know i don't understand this rhythm yet mm-hmm. so that's so those are like really obvious like yeah. i cannot change it i have to listen it's like a new dance partner that comes into my life i'm like okay i can't hurry you anymore right (laughs) it's like okay so i have to if if i choose to dance with you i need to dance i need to respond to your rhythm yeah so that and then also just i feel like this year i I also set the intention like just keep my life simple Mm -hmm. like i feel like i i think i want i really like to you know even social media i'm not back full-time anymore like once like very rare I do go back but I think I was during the sabbatical I felt like I was given an opportunity to experience life differently at least for once in terms of like slowing down the time yeah and taking the time to really nurse a wound that took so so long (laughs) so fucking long I was like no you can do better. <laughs> I was talking to my wound. You can close that wound tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. And the wound looked so ugly. Yeah. Uh, like it was not pretty. Uh. So I think that that became, I think that was a blessing in disguise. It's just like, Trevina, slow down and like really take your time to heal. And it was, I think it was, it was also a represent a representation of the wound that I felt about losing my parents. Mm. Mm. Like just to honor, like grief takes a long time. Mm. There's no like expiration date, you know. There's like I have to be able to respect its own rhythm and ride the rhythm, and half the time the thing is, like a lot of time I'm like feel like you know in the past like i don't have time to grieve like fully grieve so so again so this whole time thing became very relevant now like time life like i'm thinking about mortality Mm. like i feel like i can taste my own mortality 
more and more. Mm. Yeah, it, it's like in my throat, like in like I said, like an aftertaste. It's real. It it's not like? a dream. Yeah, what it, what does it, it taste like? It tastes. <laughs> sometimes it tastes like bitter. It's like mm. a bitterness. Sometimes it tastes sweet. Sometimes it's it's like a changing taste to it, but it's real. So this, I was thinking about this at your class on Friday, which was for those listening, it was I think sacred ecstasy, a mm. conscious dance practice, right? Which was beautiful, and I had the best time. But um, you said something at the beginning of class that it was along the lines of there's moments where you really want to be spiritual and then, you know, a little less in your humanity. And then there's other times where you're like, I just want to be a human that's also spiritual. Right. So where do you fall on that scale? And what even, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. A great reminder to, I... it, it happened when actually this question became very very apparent when my mother passed away so my mother died of cancer and I remember I was teaching uh, a teacher training in uh, in Virginia at that time it was July and she called me it was she called me the, the morning before I start um, to lead um, mm-hmm. the Osho meditation oh, really? yeah oh, boy. <laughs> she said to me so she my mom had cancer um, in 2010 and then she had the operation it was stage four and they thought that we would lose her but she survived and um, it was in remission and then it came back in 2013 and it came back really fast mm-hmm. so she called me this morning she told to tell me that the cancer came back and she said that the doctors told her she has four months to live or she can choose to do chemo and then she will have one year to live and she said she thought about that and she said I decided not to do the chemo and I want to call, uh, ask you, is that okay with you? Mm. And I was like so moved. Mm. And I said, of course, it was okay with me. It's like, you know, it's your life and I'm here to support. And so I saw, so then I I would travel every month back to, to Singapore to be with my mother. And she passed away in November. So I was traveling back in September, October, November. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was the way she handled her her she knew she was gonna die in four months and I never saw her cried in mm-hmm. front of me. She never blamed anybody. She was just she would get up and she had the strength, she would go to the kitchen and she would cook. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she would watch television. She loved fashion shows. So she would watch <laughs> fashion shows with us. And when she was tired she would go to bed. Mm-hmm. And um it was I, I was blown away. I was like I don't even know I, if I could do that because I had so much I, I felt like I, I have so much to offer to life you know I felt like I would break down I would I would probably give up I don't know I just felt like I, I she she it was such an enlightening experience to be with my mother and I wasn't very close to her before she before mm-hmm. her cancer and I and that's when I realized she never been to school she had like maybe three years of schooling and this woman and i asked her aren't you afraid to die she said well it's very natural when you get old you die Hmm. and i was just blown away and um and before she died she said to me her last lesson was um uh remember to help others so even a dollar can help someone and I was like, my God, like, again, like someone, she just very, you know, I, you know, I have, she was just like a mother that I felt I have to, you know, save her with my yoga knowledge, you know, <laughs> and like all the years before she passed away, I'm like going back to Singapore. I'm like, oh, let me teach you a little bit about yeah. consciousness. <laughs> it's like, I was just like so full of myself, but those moments were like, wow, like, you know that humanity mm. like her she was such an, a great example of like she was just a human being mm. who is really spiritual so yeah. so so that was the that was the beginning of me like she really pulled me back down because i want to transcend 
you know yeah. i want to like go higher to like the higher chakras yeah. the but cosmos exactly i the- want to like high five the cosmos yeah. god you know like i want to dance there yeah. like i want to transcend this physical body this limitation of like yeah. human minds and like i want to experience expansion and and dance and so anyway so she pulled me back down and and i realized that you know what i just want to be a like I just want to be able to like talk to my brothers and love them. Like I want to be able to like touch the ground. Like I want to be living on the ground for for a while and and experience spiritu- spirituality through being a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's so that has became one of the things that really a big teaching, a big inquiry of like this balance. Like this, what is spirituality? Like because it's such a thing now you know i'm in yeah. this business teaching right. this like so what is it what does it really mean yeah. like am i trying to escape my duties as a human being or embracing just like what is it to be a fully human have i even explored that right have i really know what is it like to be a human being do you think you know have you, have you <laughs> I you know what I don't think I know but you you do teach or and you practice kind of living a life more fully alive now yes I do I do and, and that has become more and more prevalent mm-hmm. in my message and do you go into that place because it's different I think you walk a spiritual path where sometimes you can be chasing almost experiences of like getting to this higher you know mental place yeah but is it different like do you use different practices to ground into being human and being alive and i think more and more i become more sensitive to that like more when you add, when you say that like you know like doing all the spiritual practices I, f- I feel like one of the things that i i do them is because i want to i want to i want to escape from suffering mm. Mm. Like, I felt like that somehow being in this realm. What does that mean to escape? Like, what are you suffering? What is the suffering? I think it's like this pain. I think this, for me, like experiencing, like, I'm trying to think about, like, the pain of, like, just the human, the other human side of, like, desire. You know, I mean, we are endowed with everything mm-hmm. as a human being, and that's the fun part, and that's right. the scary part too, right? We want the good things, we don't want the bad things. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm alone. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> feel like I'm not good enough. Yeah. I would. I don't want to feel like I, you know. I. I think. I think also the part. The the part of even uh, us, like, what is your passion? Like that becomes like such a. So it can be so such a burden mm-hmm. yeah right as if like every human being has to have a passion like that means we're fulfilled well it could be true and i think i have been that before like i have a passion i want to fulfill my passion i think i think there are many things that i adopted in my psyche or my belief that i need to have these things in order to be a good human being like i need mm-hmm. to advance in my career i have to have like a good job or a good passion to talk about mm-hmm. and so when those things are not aligned or i'm i'm actually just offering someone's other people's passion and i thought that would be a good passion so those are the suffering that yeah. i created in my own life because yeah. i was it, it was i'm not informed by my own true self mm-hmm. so there's a, there is definitely a layer of ignorance like a base is almost like a basic ignorance that i have not knowing the truth and again then you know that that becomes a path a path of its own you know to unlearn all my all my ignorance so then when i know that oh if i meditate i can get some peace of mind yeah so in some way sometimes it can it can be it doesn't mean that it is but it can be if my intention is not clear it can be like i just don't want to deal with this anymore yeah Mm -hmm. So I, I want to feel good. I want to feel great. And so yoga is a great way to feel good and great. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I'm not careful, it can be, it can become an, an yeah, escape. Be. An escape as well. It's, it's, a faci- it's just so fascinating. It's just fascinating. It's, it's so interesting. We have this conversation all the time talking about 
you know, trying to live by like the sutras, for example, or the yamas and the niyamas. And it's so interesting because a lot of it is kind of letting go and letting go in, you know, things like non-grasping and being dispassionate in some ways. But it's also like, but there's also this human experience where we've come fully downloaded with a lot of emotional response and, you know, the ability to touch and feel and absorb sensation. So it's this really, I find that just that concept so fascinating to to work with in my brain yeah of you know what is it to be spiritual and what you know what can you let go of but then also how can you have this really alive human experience mm-hmm. it's wild i think i think i think i think about uh what the gita said the bhagavad gita said mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. that that we have to f- we have the right to our action, but not the right to the fruit of the action. Mm-hmm. I think that's something about, yes, we are, we want something or we need something. And there's a human part of us that will be, that experience deep sadness when we fail mm. or we feel defeated. And yet we fully embrace all that, like to, to be able to experience all that and yet not um, want something to like I do something not because I want this to happen but most of the time we do something is because we want something <laughs> to happen right, right. so it's like this whole con- I think we are always living in this paradox right <laughs> like this contradiction and paradox yeah. is then it's like how do we make it make the best out of it mm-hmm. like yeah. to be fully aware and get into it and know like the outcome will be like that yeah it's just like we know we're gonna die right we we all know that we are going to die or is that too sweeping a statement to say but we are i i know i'm going to die right but i still have to get up and live so is is, this is the same thing that i i talk sometimes i talk to to my students is so i was in, in in theater for a while one fascinating thing about theater is this I am given the script. So I read the whole story. I know the ending of mm-hmm. the play, right? I, so I play a role in that whole script. I know the whole story. Yeah. And yet on stage, I have to pretend I don't know, right? Yeah. I know who's going to come on stage. Like, okay, for example, like my husband is going to come on stage and tell me he cheated on me, right? I know that in advance because we rehearsed it so many times. Yeah. But yet on, during the performance, I have to not know so then it's real when he comes up and tell me it's a real surprise it is it's a real smack on the face mm-hmm. and i'm gonna dash and fly over and I strangle him all that he has to not know that i'm gonna do that mm-hmm. and at the end i know he's gonna leave me right but so like it's the fascinating thing it's like life like i know my ending whatever i do it leads to death <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is so sad. This is so weird, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, podcast people. Be fully alive, but also whatever you do, it leads to death. Exactly. So, people who are listening to this podcast, you know, you. <laughs> it's like at the end of the day, we're it's all gonna die. Reminder. It's a friendly reminder. I don't know why you want to listen to this, but, <laughs> but, um, and yet, I have to suspend that that knowing every morning in some way, right? It's in the back of my head, and to live fully to still go pursue the things, to still go build the thing I want to build, mm. right? Some people build something, they will never see it because it takes a long time to build. It's the same thing. Like, I feel like I'm building this life. Maybe I won't see the fruit of it, but I still, I'm, I still want to build it because it's not just for me, mm. right? It's for your kids and your grandkids. And hopefully when I, re- when I reincarnate, I might be your grandchildren. Mm. So be nice, God, okay? Be so <laughs> but I think I think the so irony <laughs> the irony is this like if I can know like it's like I still have to live fully. I know the sun is gonna set. Right? I can say like, oh why bother to go outside? The sun is gonna set anyway. Right. But I still have to go out and do the things I need yeah. to do. Is isn't that funny? Like you think about yeah. life. It is funny, and it's always the thing that when I read the Gita, I get caught up on. It's like, I know I'm going to die, and I know I'm not supposed to have attachment to the outcome and be dispassionate about the outcome. So it's like, why do anything? Exactly. It's like, why not just stop and sit down? 
Yeah. Be done. Have a sit. Have a sit. <laughs> Just meditate. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a funny question. I mean, funny funny thing about our lives. It is. But I think it's so, so important to keep asking questions. Yeah. You know, like to ask. Well, we'll come to our final three questions. Oh, yay! yay. Let's do it. <laughs> um, one, if you were going to gift one book, mm-hmm. or what book do you gift most to people? Is there one? Uh, this book called To Bless the Space Between Us by John O'Donohue. He's a Bless mm. the space between mm. us. Is it poetry? It's poetry. It's, it's his. Okay, so John O'Donoghue does a story. Please. Yes. <laughs> if he's alive, I want. I, I would marry him. I wanted to marry him when he was alive. He is a Irish. He was an Irish poet, um, a philosopher, um, but he passed away in his early fifties. Mm. He. This was. This was probably the last book that was published. Um, before I think he died before it was out in the market I don't quite remember but it was kind of like his last book um, and it's a book and he t- he is uh, breaking into a few different chapters he talks about like threshold about our calling about um, um, uh, like desire like so it, I don't quite remember specific what chapters but then after each chapter he will write a series of poetry about that so like a chapter about thresholds then he write a series of poetry Mm. that has does relate to the thresholds that we have to cross as a mother as a father or as a leader or someone who's transitioning to the next phase in life things like that it's a beautiful book i love his words um highly recommended to bless the space between us Mm. john o'donohue I'm sorry about your failed marriage. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I could have had many children. <laughs> <laughs> Next life. Next life. Um, question two. Mm-hmm. If you weren't a movement yoga teacher, what would you be doing? I think I will open a cafe, a tea house. Oh, and um, yes. yeah, I love tea and I love food. I feel like cafe is a great place to meet people. Mm-hmm. And I would make my cafe really comfortable so people come and dream a work you know create new things um or just to rest would you have wi-fi i will so have wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was expecting you to say no so uh, you really threw me for a loop there but it will only be connected for a, s- a very limited time i like that yeah because it will be like you get free wi-fi for like maybe an hour and a half to do all your checking and after that you have to talk to people what would yeah. it be called Maybe it is called the Human Cafe. The Human Cafe, I like that. Mm. If you <clears throat> had a billboard that the whole world could see. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> you can only put a few words on there. Okay. Or a picture. What would you put on it? Well, I would say, if you need to go shit, go shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. That's and it. why? And why well, would that I just, be your billboard? I, well, because I think we sometimes hold our shit or hold <laughs> our, you know, like I think it's about honoring where you are. Like if you need to go do that, go do that. I love it. Yeah, like just honoring. I think it's more like honoring the natural calling because if you're hungry, <laughs> go eat. Mm-hmm. When you're tired, go sleep. Well, maybe I should just be nice to say like when you're tired, go sleep. No. Uh, no. Yeah, no, go. If you, Yours is, if you I, know. If you need to go shit, go shit. If you need yeah. to go shit, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> so I know Forrest said these are our final three, but oh. I hear you have a superpower. Oh. Oh, yeah. I told her about this. My that superpower. You Where you can. We might cut this out. But... I No, we're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Where, and I may butcher this, but you can tell by looking at someone what their fears are. Ah, this, I do. Is this I guess. Still true? Yeah, it's is, still true. Is I have so many. Lay it on us. So this is what I see. Okay, so Forrest, I see that your fear is about re- like claiming your own, being your in your manhood mm-hmm. and being, um, just being like glorious and brilliant. And I think you fear that people will think that you think that people you think that people might think that you. Uh, that you think you are so brilliant and like who are you mm-hmm. i think you fear that and you this my like dear oh session. gosh i'm so nervous <laughs> are you ready <laughs> you, you might want to cut out this one 
I think you are afraid of losing control. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's something about. I think if losing control might. I, th- I, I it's not really a bad thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think there's something about you afraid of that you might fall apart. Mm. Yeah. And like I am a Virgo and we love control. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. But I think there's something about, but it, but because of the control, it limits your, actually your creativity. Mm. Because I think there's something about you need to be more, add a little bit more spon- spontaneity in the way that you manage your life. Huh. I think you're afraid of that. What, what yeah. do you think? She read it. I think she's pretty. She's the, she's the I think wise she's one. Pretty spot on. Well, call me if you want to to know your. So fear. if you want to get your fears read, <laughs> you can go to jovina.com. Yes. Um, you're also teaching a yoga teacher training in yes. 2020. Me and you are teaching it. Wait, in, yes. Um, February 2020. Yes. It roots to wings in Newburyport, Mass. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Um, if they want to come to any of your dance, if your yoga, any of that, they can find it at jo- your website? Yeah, on my website, jovina.com. Two N's. J O V I N N A. We'll link it in the bio. And yeah. you'll be at Kripalu in July? July 5th to 7th, a weekend. I'm teaching a weekend dance workshop with my dear friend Julian Hughes called Dance Into Joy. Mm-hmm. And I'm returning to Kripalu again in over the New Year's and doing a, awesome. a, th- uh, mm. a celebration to New Year with Dance Into Joy. Awesome. Yeah, check my website. And I'm going to Sri Lanka if you want to go to Sri Lanka in November. Mm. And you yeah. have oh, Sri Lanka in November. Yeah, two cool. weeks. Doing yoga, Ayurveda, Ayurveda and resting. That sounds fun. No electricity. Mm. Definitely no Wi-Fi. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, no Wi-Fi. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.